Hi everybody, I'm Graham and I'm nervous. <laughs> um, I currently work on Wall Street in New York City and um, it, although I'm on Wall Street, it wasn't too long ago that I was studying theology and economics at Wheaton College. Any uh, Wheaton alumni in here? <laughs> um, so generosity wasn't something that always came natural, naturally to me at college. I didn't have much money. Um, and so the time I did have, I mostly spent it on my studies, pursuing future goals. Generosity was always deferred for me. Someday when I have influence or a job or power or money, then I can give back and contribute to others. I remember listening to a well-known theologian, N.T. Wright, come to Wheaton College, and he spoke about how Christians are called to follow Jesus' example and love, even if it's to the point of death. And he gave the example of early Christians in Asia Minor during the Roman Empire reacted to the coming plague in their cities by staying in the cities and caring for those that were affected by the plague, whereas the rich and well-to-do would flee the city because of the plague. Um, oftentimes, these Christians, often caring for the poorest, would stay in the city with the plague, sometimes catch the plague and die themselves. But the point was made graphically and unmistakably to me. This was a different way to be human and giving away your life even to the point of death was following the way of the cross. So what did giving your life away to the point of death look for a recent college grad? During my senior year, right before my Wall Street offer, I was moved by a husband and wife who served in the Middle East. They modeled what living sacrificially looked like for me. This couple spends their time going through war-torn areas of the Middle East to support and love those who are suffering there. I actually found myself weeping in my senior year class as I heard stories of sacrifice and complete um, giving their lives away to others in the name of God. Um, for me in that moment, I knew that I had to think hard about what living sacrificially would look like on Wall Street. So I had two months between graduation and starting my job on Wall Street. So I decided I'd spend it in Uganda living with rural farmers and try to understand the struggles they face there, um, which the picture should come right about now. Oh, it's behind me. Oh, it's behind me. <laughs> um, I finished my work in the Ugandan jungle uh, for two months and caught a plane to the concrete jungle, New York. I had the smell of Uganda on me as I sat in the room of investment bankers as we started our first year as analysts. Everybody was so confused at everyone, where did you come from? Oh, vacation here, vacation there. And then I would say Uganda and everyone was so confused. Um, I had committed in my heart to God to live sacrificially, and for me this meant giving 90% of each of my paycheck away, a reverse tithing. It also meant that the 10% I did keep, I invested it in cash flow generating assets so I could give each month's cash flow also away. Um, so every two weeks you would get paid, and even with my analyst salary, I had such meaningful and joyful experiences finding places to give it away before my two weeks would be up, because then you get paid again. <laughs> One of the most meaningful giving opportunities has been funding my dad, who's a believer, his bucket list, because um, he has Parkinson's disease. Um, it's hard to express the joy of being able to financially support your dad's hopes and dreams that still inside him, even as his body fights this disease. Now, I mentioned I do reverse tithing of giving 90% away. I used to think that I would invest all my money in investments, like so I could grow them and nurture them, and that way one day you could give away more. But for me, I honestly feel that in my heart of hearts, I would view that growing net worth, that growing investment portfolio as my own child, where I put so much effort to grow it and raise it and take care of it 
that really, when it was really big someday, could I really sacrifice that child that I, so to speak, had raised? Um, so I also think that my investments might blow up. You never know what you're investing in, as so many saw in the financial crisis. But I think investing in people lasts forever. I also think that for me, that if I don't set patterns now as a young adult, just starting my paycheck, I, it'll never happen. Um, so it's also a form of discipline in learning how to give. The other side of the equation is minimizing costs, which that's my bunk bed I sleep in. Um, so because everyone knows living in Manhattan, it can get pricey. All of my coworkers that are my, my peer group that work next to me, they can afford um, nice apartments, and so everyone always is confused that I sleep in a bunk bed. Um, so they actually have a name for this, of, of having to spend so much money in New York City. They call it the golden handcuffs, where you develop such an expensive lifestyle. One of my colleagues has two apartments, one for work, uh, one for living and one for play, where he um, invests in all sorts of play activities, so you can imagine how expensive that gets. So you can't ever afford to quit your job. You get handcuffed, the golden handcuffs. Um, so I currently pay the rent someone would pay in Uganda um, for sleeping in a bunk bed. I share the, uh, my apartment with four other Christian people, so um, we all love each other and it's been a great community. And uh, another way of minimizing costs is um, finding free haircuts on Craigslist. Uh, you would not believe how many free haircuts there are in Manhattan of uh, rising hair people that need free, <laughs> free, uh, yeah, they need free hair models that don't mind a bad haircut every now and then. Uh, <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, it's been so much joy finding little ways to cut costs in order to give more each, each two weeks. Um, many of my friends ask me if this is hard or I regret my decision. It's hard to say this lifestyle was a conscious choice, but it brings so much joy that I don't know what I would be doing, uh, what I'd be missing out on without this giving. Um, and here's a picture of Jeff, because uh, I've also had the discovery of not just giving away t uh, money, but also giving away other things, hospitality, power, um, time. My first run-in with this was befriending a homeless man um, who always sat outside my office at Credit Suisse at Madison Square Park. We became friends, and one time when I tried offering him financial support, he told me, looked at me sternly and said, Graham, the only thing you can give me is your friendship. I can't accept anything from you because I want that boundary between me and our friendship. Um, so about once a month, uh, we'll have him over for dinner and just enjoy time with him. Um, so instead of spending my time uh, trying to get ahead in my field or spending time trying to find the next big paying job in the hedge fund world, I found so much joy spending time on things like friendship, things like hospitality. Our apartment has two extra couches, so people pass through the city all the time since it's New York City, and we have so much fun hosting them. Um, and with regards to power, now that I'm inside a company, it's been so fun to help other Wheaton grads that are interested in finance to pass on their resumes to the HR and consider advocating for other students that are, are Christians interested in finance. So overall, I just wanted to share how excited I am to live as a pastor with hedge fund money, as uh, someone once spoke about it, and seeking to view money like manure. Don't let it pile up, but spread it around. Thank you.